This is Radio 2. On your marks, get set, go. You are now going to hear the voices of John Cleese, Timbrook Taylor, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall, and Bilotti. It's I'm sorry. I'll read that again again. I'm sorry, I'll read that again. Presents number one in a new documentary series, Great Cities of the Western World. London. City of England spread over six counties with a population of 7,984,384, with a new citizen born every five seconds. 32 boroughs, with a population of 7,984,385, with architecture ranging from 10th century cottages to modern blocks of flats, housing 7,984,386. To many, it may be a place of business or even a holiday resort, but London is actually home to no less than 7,984,389 people. How many? My wife just said triplets. Hang on, that's quite enough. That's what I said after the first two. <laughs> there is an important announcement for expectant mothers at the request of BBC. All maternity hospitals will be closed in the next ten minutes so we can finish our survey in peace. <laughs> the city is full of narrow passages and dark alleys. Good evening. Excuse me, please. London's streets are still places of mystery. Where the hell am I? <laughs> they may no longer be paved with gold, though the council do keep digging them all up just in case. But uh, yet they... Yet they are steeped in history. Even their names tell a story. Tyke Street, home of George Brown. <laughs> Great Queen Street, home of so many people. Pell Mell, or if you like, Paul Mall, which runs all along Porrell to the Strand. <laughs> and the famous landmark commemorating London's greatest blues singer, Ma Blanche. tourists to do. Some choose to visit Trafalgar Square and its pigeons and see the white-haired figure of Lord Nelson. <laughs> Always a group of foreign visitors standing staring up at the face of Big Ben. What are you staring at, foreign visitors? And over there, see a crowd watching the guard being changed. Oh, still will I put your nappy on. <laughs> Whilst yonder is yet another crowd. What are they all looking at so intently? The Lord Mayor's show. Good heavens, so they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> but if London is full of tourists, there are also living here many, many natives. <laughs> and the typical Londoner is a cheerful, busy chap always doing something, usually the tourists. <laughs> this is his city, and he's expressed his feelings on it in many, many songs, such as this one. Maybe it's because I'm a Londoner that I live in New York. But probably the most attractive aspect of London is its historic traditions. Here, the old stands beside the new. Sir so Christopher Wren goes hand in hand with Jackson Pollock. What if we do? <laughs> for example, at the Tower of London, the ancient ceremony of locking up the crown jewels for the night has remained utterly unchanged since the time of Queen Elizabeth I. Uh, I 
I've come for the crown jewels and art. Oh, God save the Queen! Yeah, say that again. I see then ye gold encrusted key from the Lord Privy Seal of England. No, but I got two sticks of dynamite from Marty and made a veil. God save the Queen! Then force friend and to commend ye royal jewels to ye custody of ye Lord Protector who watches her thy safety till the morrow tide. Can ye the key? tourist trade is vital, and the council does its level best to provide a full information service. What's on at the theatre, what's off at the clubs, and of course, local weather conditions. So for a first-hand report from the Air Ministry roof, let's go over there right now. Well, hello, the Air Ministry roof. We'll find later on in the day, there may be some... very probably, and most importantly, do, do watch out for that. And it's goodbye from the Air Ministry roof. <laughs> but even the weather of London has inspired songs. For example, A foggy day <coughs> in London town <coughs> had me low <coughs> had me down <laughs> I viewed the morning <laughs> with alarm <laughs> British Museum. <laughs> Despite all this, it is true that of the many, many visitors who come to London for a few days, most of them stay for weeks or even months, usually driving round and round the one-way systems in ever-decreasing circles till they disappear up their own exhaust. Oh. Yes, parking is probably the worst of the dilemmas. Congestion has now become so bad, there's nowhere left to put the meters. A spokesman for the London Traffic Control had these comments to make. Hello. Or to put it another way, oh hell. <laughs> now, as you may have noticed, we have put down a system of yellow lines. It was a slow process, I'm afraid. There were so many cars, it took us a long time to find the road. But it's been done now, and so have you motorists. Briefly now, one yellow line means no parking during the working day. Any other time, you can park on the yellow line, as long as you have a car narrow enough. Two yellow lines means no parking at all, except in the space between them. And a broken yellow line means we ran out of paint. <laughs> there are also markings on the curb, which refer to loading. Now, if you see one stripe, you can load during your working hours. If you see two stripes, your working hours are too long. And if you see three stripes, that's probably a drunken sergeant lying in the gutter. <laughs> We've also got some new road signs. There's one here saying, stop, please, and I wish we could. And there's another here saying, stop, children, which I don't agree with at all. Now, this one shows a little red car on the outside of a little black car, which means no overtaking, unless, of course, you've got a little red car. And finally, I'd like to justify our parking policies, but I can't, so goodbye. The London Constabulary have been using television cameras overlooking busy streets, and they've actually filmed many accidents. And has there been much improvement? Oh, yes, yes. We got cut it out. We went to see an instructional film actually being made, and watched Constable I.M. Mincing at work directing the traffic. 
All right, you minnies. Forward to me, just the teens there. And just cheating toward the bollard, would you, darling? And don't rush. You're not on wheelbase now. Thank you, Hen. Oh, what have you got on? False eyelashes on your headlamps, wild but wild. Flick your blinkers a bit, would you? Oh, you sexy beast. Henny, <laughs> Henny convertible, your chrome smudged love, see makeup. Your exhaust pipe's a bit droopy, isn't it? Back up behind the chorus, will you? Don't wrench the wheel, love, you'll have it off. And now, no comments from you, Monty Motorbike. Stroke it. Stroke it, darling. Think of it as a woman. Oh, whatever. Now, I want... I want... I want to break down centre road, splash of colour, purple mini, yes, you heart it. Now, let's see your bonnet up and strip the engine. Now, don't be coy. We've all seen a crankshaft before, you know. Now, none of your mood is. You want your big end smacking, you really do. Right, ready, love's ticking over and lights. Red, red and amber, green and roll them. I like it. Little more in there. And thank you. Break the leg, lovely. Not your brains out on the pavement. Thank you. Cut. Cut. Lovely tape. Wrap that. See you all tomorrow, darlings, on Z Cars. Monday you go. Bye. Of course, there is more to London than its traffic problems. Indeed, it has inspired many songs. For example, I may be right, I may be wrong, but I'm perfectly willing to swear that when you stopped and smiled at me, a nightingale sang in Barclay Square. <laughs> and London is also a city for fun and leisure. If you like good football, there's Chelsea and Tottenham. If you don't, there's Fulham and Arsenal. <laughs> or if you just want to spend the day quietly dozing, there's cricket at Lords. Or you can go to Olympia and see some of the wonderful things on show at the Boys' Own Exhibition. Oh, grief, that's not your own, is it? <laughs> but, uh, but of course, the real pleasure centre of the city is Soho, complete with its notorious ladies of the street, or traffic wardens, as we now call them. <laughs> Soho, the area of the vice ring. Is it really all that tough? No. And if you disagree, I'll beat you up. <laughs> and what, for example, if those sinister small ads in newsagents' windows, do they really mean what we think they mean? We decided to investigate a couple of them. So, oriental kitten with lovely purr. Um, Frenchless little bodybuilding, ten shillings an hour. Oh, well, John, you followed them up, and what did you get for your money? A French-speaking Siamese cat with big muscles. Oh. Hey! <laughs> and yet, here in Soho, we do find one of London's greatest attractions, the club. A dark, stuffy little cellar with the air heavy with smoke and the smell of drink. Yes, let's take a look inside a typical London club and meet the type of people who go there. Uh, 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 long hair, fellow! Uh, uh, what they used to be here when I was in the army. What were they? Men, they're Men, Damn pretty sergeant major we had. Damn pretty. Damn sight pretty on this law. Look at that one, pretty plain girl. That one. Incredibly plain. Very, very plain. That's the doorman. Oh, oh, so it is. Not bad for a doorman. Damn pretty doorman. Very plain girl, though. 
this one's more like it. Yeah. Take them off, darling. Take them off. Take them off. Wait a minute. They are off. Oh, 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 they are. Good Lord, never seen a gal with tweed skin before. There's uh, her undies. Undies? Undies. Oh, oh. Don't go very far, do they? My young days, they used to take everything off. Undies, skin, legs, arms, heads. Prime Minister. Take them all off. These clubs aren't what they used to be. Clubs are not what not they used to be. No, no, I knew we should never have allowed women in them. And now, here is an urgent reptile joke. <laughs> what changes color and goes, I say, I say, I say? I don't know. What does change color and go, I say, I say, I say? A musical chameleon. <laughs> And now, an educational, meaningful song. Nowadays, we have auto-destructive art. Look it up. And 12-tone music. Will these, in a few years' time, be looked back on as the good old days? Who cares? Some like jazz, some like swing. I don't like anything unless it's got the feeling of tomorrow. Make it wild, make it weird, preferably with a beard. Long ago I like music pure and cold and hard Like it is I'm a member of the Avant-Gagagar So Play me a tune that has nothing to do with a Melody Play me a tune that has nothing to do with a tune Give me a sweet with no rhythm or beat No harmony Open the thing and dismember the strings with a spoon Take a good old-fashioned guitar And Plug it in the mains. Bash it, beat it, try to eat it, play me sweet with rain. Oh, play it me soon and don't bother to tune up your instruments. Oh, give me, oh, give me that auto-destructive rap. Give me a tune that has something to do with reality. Play me some Bob by Chicago Cop and a stick. Oh no! Give me that audio! 
adventure. Here's romance. Here's a paper and pencil and see if you can do any better. Yes? <laughs> it's time for part 11 of Professor Prune and the Electric Time Trousers. <laughs> So far, Professor Prune, Trixie, and Basil, now reunited with Spot the Dog, are in America on the trail of fetish and the time trousers. They find the trousers being worn by a Mississippi gambler called Fat Chance. However, as they are about to regain the trousers, Fat Chance escapes, leaving our heroes to be attacked by Indians. Now read on. Or if you've nothing to read, why not listen to the next episode of The Time Trousers? <laughs> There, my dear. Where there's light, there's hope. <laughs> oh, dear. I've been hit by an arrow. Ouch. Oh, a eek. Collapses in a heap. Thud. Moan. Silence. Uncle. What do you want? <laughs> oh. It's no use, Trixie. Those Indians will do us all in. We've had it, I'm afraid. Unless. Yes. Unless. Yes. Unless those Indians all fall over. It's our only chance. Sidekick. His name's Sidekick. <laughs> Mighty pleasure to meet you folks. Sure is a heap of fun to make your acquaintance. <laughs> kind of sickening, ain't it? <laughs> but who are you? Why, little missy, don't you know? That's Mr. E. Rank, known to his friends as Tex. You probably heard of Tex E. Rank. Uh, no? Uh, no, you him. Some folks have all the luck, though. You seem to be having a mite of trouble with these here engines. Oh, look at them, running about in those little loincloths and jumping in the air. Embarrassing. <laughs> sure is. That's why they're called Red Indians. <laughs> oh, gee, what do you expect from the Old West? Now, looky over there, that big fellow in the headdress. You know, that's the chief. Why do they wear all those feathers on their heads? They're kind of ticklish wearing them anywhere else, wouldn't they? <laughs> but fun. Oh, about these engines. Have you speak their language? Ikitana waga wafa wati What does that mean? It means no, I can't. <laughs> then we're doomed! Oh, Tex, sing us a song to cheer us up. Sure thing, ma'am. Take me back to my home on the prairie. Take me back to the ones that I love. Wait, look, he's singing has driven all the Indians away. Hey! Well, now that we've got rid of those Indians, we must try to find Fat Chance and the trousers. Yes, now that they've got rid of the Indians, they must try to find Fat Chance and the electric time trousers. And since Fat Chance and Sam Hope are crooked gamblers, they're probably heading for Chicago. For Chicago. That's Chicago, capital of Illinois, USA. Population 3,550,404. And there's a train for Chicago living in five minutes' time. That's the 1057 for Chicago, Illinois, where the professor hopes to recover his trousers from Fat. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you think you're doing? I'm doing this for the benefit of those listeners who are actually trying to follow the plot. 
So it's favouritism, is it? I see. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I do apologise for this unwarranted bias in favour of those listeners interested in the plot. Now, for those of you who are not at all interested in the plot... <laughs> Thank you, Spot. Well, anyway, Professor and his chums set off for Chicago. <laughs> in Chicago at last. Now then, let's ask that policeman to help us. And so the friendly neighborhood policeman took them to the police headquarters where the professor told his story. Then they were introduced to Police Inspector Ness and his hand-picked specially trained force of crime busters, the unmentionable. Glad to meet you. I'm Inspector Ness. <laughs> Inspector Ness? Uh, I can see you're not Elliot Ness. He never smiles. No, I'm in fact his brother. Happiness. In fact, <laughs> most of the unmentionables are relatives of mine. Hi there. That's frankness. Hello. That's ugliness. Hello, sweetheart. It's truly wonderful to meet you, and I mean that very, very sincerely, darling. That's show business. It's more of a That's luckness. Gosh, that's quite a family. Oh, yes, and over there you can see cleanliness. Next to godliness. Now, what's your problem? Oh, we're looking for Fat Chance and Sam Hope. Fat Chance and Sam Hope. Oh, that's a pity, because I was. Fat! <laughs> fat Chance! You said Fat Chance and Sam Hope! Yes, you did. Oh. Oh, wait a minute, yeah, of course. They just arrived in town. Today. Boss, but ain't you heard? They joined up with the notorious gun family. The notorious gun family? Yep. You never heard of the gun brothers? Tommy Gun and Stan Gun. And their mother, Big Bertha. And their father, Pop Gun. And their uncle, their uncle, Lewis Gun. And their anti-aircraft gun. No, 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 I never heard of them. Ain't surprising, is it? Maybe, but they're the worst gangsters in Chicago. The worst gangsters in Chicago? Yep, they ain't stolen a thing for five years. Good heavens! And you haven't heard the worst of it yet. That I do find hard to believe. <laughs> the gun family are involved in bootlegging. Bootlegging? Yep, there's been a new law passed which says a man can't drink. Oh! And a man can't smoke. Oh! And what about you, Nell? No, I don't, Ducky. But this I do know. If you want to find that chance, we better start looking in the speakeasy on 74th Street. Come on, boy. into position around the speakeasy on 74th Street, run by Chicago mobster Al Cajal and his associates. Police detective O'Dear approaches the door of the speakeasy. Hi, baby, what do you want? Let me in, doll. Why? I'm a policeman. I want to come in and kill everybody. Okay. What's the password? Password? That's it. Now all you have to do is knock twice and ask for Charlie Sugar. Right. I want Charlie Sugar. He ain't here. Hmm. Now I shall have to try a more subtle approach. What? I'm a completely different person, and to prove it, I do not want Charlie Sugar. Can I come in? Well, that's different. In fact, we'll give you the red carpet treatment. Gee, thanks. Here's the red carpet, now beat it. Meanwhile, as the unreasonables try to gain entry, alcohol is addressing his mob inside. Among them, some of the most notorious and terrifying characters the world has ever known. The Gun Family, the Dillinger Brothers, and the Beverly Sisters. <laughs> okay, you guys. 
Is there any questions before we put my plan of operation and take over the whole of the USA? Well, one thing, boss. What is it? Now, listen, how come you always carry that little pet mole around with you? Knucklehead. Ain't you ever heard of a gangster's mole? <laughs> but at that moment, conveniently, the gangsters heard a voice outside. The game's up, Cahoe. What's that? This is Les and the Unmentionables. We know you're in there. Come on out. The cops. We ain't never coming out, copper. Come in and get us. Okay, if that's the way you want to play, I'm a pole. <laughs> Cahoe, there's 300 of us out here. Why don't you throw your gun away and come out alone and stand very still under a good light so we can aim at you properly? How do I know this ain't some kind of trap? No. We're staying in here. You mean you're gonna shoot it out? Yeah, we're gonna shoot it out. And sure enough, seconds later, it shot out. <laughs> We're too late. The trousers have gone. No, wait. His legs are still warm. Those trousers can't be far away. <laughs> fetish. <laughs> Goodbye. So saying, the arch fiend fetish climbed into his gas balloon to escape. After him. The professor, Trixie, and Percy raced after the balloon, pausing only to leave Spot the dog behind accidentally tied in a sack. <laughs> Then, just as the balloon was about to leave the ground, they leapt aboard. Up and up they went. And then... Oh! We've been duped, duped, duped! Fetish. Fetish isn't in but the bailing <laughs> And what's more, fetish isn't in the balloon. <laughs> and neither are our trousers. There he is, down on the ground. And he's pointing a gun at us. He's punctured the balloon. Oh, we're losing height. Quick, throw out some ballast. What? Check out that great big sandbag. Don't do that! Don't do that! No! Oh, oh. eyes of mine deceive me. Madam, if I'd known it was you, I'd have thrown you out long ago. No, don't throw me out! There is no alternative. It's either you or us. No! Yes, no! Yes, out you go! No! What will happen next? Will the professor really throw out Lady Constance? If he does, where will she land? If he doesn't, will the balloon crash? Well, I don't care either, but if anyone's interested, they can hear what happens in the next episode of... The Time Trousers. You have just missed, and you don't know how lucky you were, Timbrook Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kenner, and Bilotti. They were mutilating a script by Bilotti and Graham Garden with musical discords provided through the arrangements of Leon Cohen and the playing of Leon and the Boys. This farce was produced by David Hatch and Peter Tibbridge, and what's more, there's another next week. Oh, no, it's... I'm sorry, I'll read that again, Mother. Again! <laughs>